Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Astronomy Daily Podcast for Friday, the 11th of August, 2023. My name is Tim Gibbs, and I will be your host for today's episode. As usual, I have my digital reporter, Hallie, in the studio with me today. Hallie, how are you? Hi, Tim. I am well, thank you, and it's great to see you back with a full voice. I have some great headlines for today's show. Do you have some good stories? Actually, I do. I have a couple of great stories for us to cover this week, but um, let's start with you and your headlines. Back to you, Hallie. Here are today's headlines. Virgin Galactic launched its first tourist passengers into the weightlessness of space Thursday, the culmination of a nearly two-decade commercial pursuit, the company said. The three passengers, John Goodwin, Keisha Shahaf, and her teenage daughter Anastasia Mayers, floated gravity-free through the Virgin spacecraft about 45 minutes after taking off. They are officially astronauts. Welcome to space, said Virgin Galactic announcer Sarisha Bandla as the spacecraft pushed above 80 kilometers, 50 miles, in altitude, the level marking the edge of space where the pull of gravity is minimal. After a few minutes in space, the craft began descending and safely landed in the U.S. state of New Mexico, on the same runway from which it took off. The flight was, without a doubt, the most exciting day of my life, said Goodwin, 80, an adventurer who competed in the 1972 Olympic Games as a canoeist for Britain. The pure acceleration, Mach 3 in eight and a half seconds, was completely surreal, he said. It was incredible and I'm still starstruck, said Mayers, who at 18 became the youngest person ever to go into space, according to the company. A Long March 2C rocket lifted off from Taiyuan Satellite Launch Center in Shangxi Province, North China, at 6.53 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Tuesday, 22.53 GMT, 6.53 a.m. on August 9, Beijing Time. The successful launch carried the Huanjing Jianzai 2F or SSAR-02 Synthetic Aperture Radar Satellite for Emergency Management and Environment Monitoring, according to China's space authorities. The satellite entered into a sun-synchronous orbit, meaning that it orbits over the poles and passes over the same region of Earth's surface at roughly the same local solar time during each pass. SSAR-02 will form an in-orbit network with SSAR-01, which launched in October 2022. Both carry large deployable truss antennas and operate in the S-band, or the microwave portion of the electromagnetic spectrum which space frequencies from 2 to 4 GHz. The satellites are able to produce images even during cloudy and rainy weather, filling gaps in the coverage of optical satellites. Russia launched its first probe to the moon in almost 50 years on Friday, a mission designed to give fresh impetus to its space sector, which has been struggling for years and become isolated by the conflict in Ukraine. The launch of the Luna 25 probe is Moscow's first lunar mission since 1976, when the USSR was a pioneer in the conquest of space. The rocket with the Luna 25 probe lifted off at 2.10 a.m. Moscow time, 23.10 GMT Thursday, from the Vostokny Cosmodrome, according to live images broadcast by the Russian space agency Roscosmos. The spacecraft is due to reach lunar orbit in five days. It will then spend between three and seven days choosing the right spot before landing in the lunar South Pole area. For the first time in history, the lunar landing will take place on the lunar South Pole. Until now, everyone has been landing in the equatorial zone, senior Roscosmos official Alexander Blokin said in a recent interview. 
Roscosmos expects the probe to land on the moon around August 21st. The Astronomy Daily Podcast. Thanks for that, uh, Hallie. As uh, many of you will know, the uh, 2023 Perseid meteor shower peaks this weekend. Uh, the Perseids are one of the highlights of the meteor hunter's calendar. Uh, the Perseid meteor shower will peak this weekend as Earth makes a yearly dive through the debris left behind by comet uh, 109P Swift Tuttle. The peak activity of the um, meteor shower will occur around 4 o'clock EDT, that's 8 GMT, on Sunday, August the 13th. Uh, the Perseids are a yearly highlight highlight for meteor hunters who in the in the right conditions can see as many as 100 fireballs and light trails per hour from the meteor shower this is according to the royal museum in greenwich with even more potentially visible at the shower's peak this year the perseid meteor shower is active between july 17 and august 24 the perseids take its name from the fact that its meteors appear to streak towards Earth from the constellation Perseus. Astronomers call the point from which meteors appear to stream the radiant. This means that the best time to see the Perseid meteor shower is when the radiant in Perseus is above the horizon. For sky watchers based in New York, for instance, the radiant point of the Perseids is circumpolar, which means it's always overhead, meaning the meteor shower is visible all night after the sun has set and the sky has darkened. Uh, Russian cosmonaut Alexander Viktorenko, whose four flights into Earth orbit, including the first test of a space motorcycle and first launch after the fall of the Soviet Union, has died at the age of 76. The Gagarin Cosmonaut Training Center in Star City confirmed Viktorenko's death in a statement released on Thursday, uh, August the 10th. Selected in 1978 to join the Soviet, Soviet Corps, Viktorenko's cosmonaut career spanned 19 years, including commanding four missions to the Mir space station. Viktorenko's first launch on July 22, 1987, began a week-long mission to, to deliver so, uh, fellow Soviet cosmonaut Alexander Alexandrov for a long-duration stay on Mir and accompany Mohamed Faris, a Syrian cosmonaut, cosmonaut to and from the space station. The Soyuz TM-3 flight marked the first time a Mir crew had launched on board one spacecraft and landed on another, with Viktorenko, Faris and Alexander Levkin, who launched 174 days earlier, returning to Earth aboard Soyuz TM-2. Viktorenko lifted off on his first long-duration mission on September the 5th, 1989 this time paired with cosmonaut Alexander Serebov. Viktorenko commanded Soyuz TM-8 and the 5th expedition to Mir. Over the course of their 166 days in space, the two cosmonauts oversaw the arrival and installation of Kavant-2, the third module and second major addition to the Mir space station, and conducted five spacewalks. On his fifth EVA, Viktorenko followed Serebov in testing Ilkar, the so-called space motorcycle, designed to enable cosmonauts to fly around the space station, similar to NASA's Manned Maneuvering Unit, or MMU. Despite its motorbike moniker, the SPK, or Cosmonaut Maneuvering System, as it was formerly referred to, was closer in appearance to a floating armchair than its two-wheeled nickname. 
In total, Viktorenko spent 489 days, 1 hour and 33 minutes in space, including 19 hours and 39 minutes on six spacewalks. Viktorenko was married and had two children, Osanka and Alexei. A memorial service and funeral will be held on August the 12th at the Federal Military Memorial Academy of Russia's Ministry of Defense in the urban district of Mischika. The Astronomy Daily Podcast. Now, Hallie, do you have a joke for us this week? Why did the biologist get a promotion? Because he had good selfie. <laughs> <laughs> I can only say, Hallie, your jokes are getting worse as time goes by. Thanks very much anyway. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Astronomy Daily. You can find all of our episodes, plus our parent podcast, Space Nuts, at spacenuts.io or at bytes.com. And don't forget you can join in the conversation yourself by going to our Facebook page, Space Nuts Podcast Group. You can hear Steve Dunkley on Mondays and myself, Tim Gibbs, on Fridays for a full show. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye for now. Thanks, Tim. TTFN. The Astronomy Daily Podcast. Bye.